From towers to coding, planning out STEM lessons can be overwhelming and confusing. In this episode, which is a rebroadcast of our very first STEM space episode, we present the three stages of STEM. Think of it as a way to map out your STEM curriculum with intentional learning progressions. Enjoy! Hey, I'm Claire. And I'm Natasha. From college roommates to co-founders of Vivify STEM, pull up a seat as we discuss our experiences as aerospace engineers, teachers, moms, program directors, curriculum writers, graduate students, and friends. This is the STEM Space Podcast. Hey, Natasha. Hey, Claire. So I want to welcome everybody to tuning in to the STEM Space Podcast. I'm Claire, and we would like to welcome you to learning more about STEM. We started a small business called Vivify about five years ago, Mm -hmm. five years ago, with the goal of providing quality resources for educators that want to start their STEM journey in teaching in a classroom or a program or homeschool, or even if you're a parent and just wanna be really in tune to what's going on with STEM and preparing your own kids for the careers. But we actually did not start as educators. That's right. So we're both aerospace engineers, and it's like, what are we doing in STEM? Yeah. Uh, we actually worked as engineers. We were classmates back at Texas A&M. Whoop. <laughs> and we, I was working for the Department of Defense and Claire. And I was working first for Boeing and then for Air Tractor as an aerospace engineer in a manufacturing company that makes airplanes. Yeah, and so I know for myself, I started working with students up in DC where I was working as an engineer and just got really engaged with how they're learning math and science. And I was thinking, hey, what I do is math and science and it's really exciting, but these kids don't know about it. How can I show them what engineering and science is like? Yeah, so I started a family and was thinking about my own kids and how much I wanted to throw them into the world of engineering and science and get them excited about what I do. So I talked to you know, their schools and reach out to them and they were being required to teach STEM. Now it's a big deal, there's even STEM right. schools. And so their teachers were asking me, well, you know, I have to teach engineering, but what does an engineer really do? And we thought, I think both of us were like this, well, maybe we can help. So we just started writing uh, things for teachers to teach STEM and engineering specifically. And it's been really fun. Yeah, so now this is what we do. We have kind of left the engineering industry world and devote ourselves full time to STEM education. And so we're really excited to take that experience that we had in engineering and put it into these lessons and activities that parents, that teachers can do with their kids. And it is a crazy world to get into STEM. So one thing that I know that you are frustrated with, and I've been frustrated with too, is when you try to teach STEM or try to even look for STEM activities for your own kids, you go to the internet and you type in STEM and what do you find? millions of pages on Google and Pinterest and Twitter and everything between index card tower challenges all the way to weather balloon launches and robotics competitions. It's quite a range. And I know teachers that I've talked to are overwhelmed, especially those who are just getting into STEM. The principal says, you need to run a STEM program. You need a STEM club. Where do I start? It's very scary and overwhelming. And that's what we want to talk about today is that not all STEM is equal. When we talk about these tower challenges that have taken over Pinterest all the way to robotics and these more intensive challenges, there's a lot in between. And so how can teachers jump into STEM? And we feel like 
there need to be different stages to STEM. You don't just jump in from these really difficult competitions. You have to start somewhere. Yeah, and that takes a lot of pressure off, doesn't it? Because I know we come from technical backgrounds, so people assume that we know like this high-level stuff, and that's where you need to start with yeah. STEM, right? Is you need to know be an expert in robotics or an Circuits expert on STEM. Yes, everything. You need to be an engineer to teach STEM. Is that true? No, <laughs> anybody can do it. So let's jump right in. Stage one is the beginning. So when you're an engineer, you don't work by yourself. A lot of kids don't know that. You're not in your own little cubicle doing your own thing sometimes, but in the end, it's all a team project. So when you see those rockets that NASA launches, there's hundreds of engineers and scientists working on that. Wait, one person doesn't build a rocket? I know, shocking. (laughs) (laughs) So we have to teach kids to be able to work together. That means teamwork and communication and collaboration. And so when I talked about those tower challenges, they have a role. We haven't put in the math and science yet, and maybe we should pause here. Should we define STEM? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) We know the acronym, right? Science, Science, technology, technology, engineering, engineering, and and math. math. All right, we got that. But are you teaching STEM if you are a science teacher? No. Why not? And if you're a math teacher, you're also not teaching STEM. STEM is bringing all the subjects together. So the definition that we use for STEM is students apply math and science Mm -hmm. to a problem using the engineering design process through technology. So you're creating something, you're designing something, and you're taking the math and science, those fractions and the kinetic potential forces and what you're learning in those classes and applying it to a problem And we'll talk more about the design process, but that's the definition of STEM. So stage one is kind of STEM light. It's the (laughs) intro to STEM. It's really building skills before you jump into the design process. Mm. So because you can't do the design process without your team, Mm -hmm. if you don't know how to communicate well, then it's not going to work well. Right. And if you don't know how to push past failure, like that's a huge one too that you need to be prepared for. So to build up on those skills, what kind of activities would you do in stage one? So we have power challenges are probably the most popular. Um, Many teachers have heard of the spaghetti marshmallow tower. Yeah. You get 20 pieces of spaghetti, a foot of tape, and you have to hold one of those jumbo marshmallows on top. That's a classic stage one challenge. Without eating it, right? Yeah, that's really hard for the little kids. And this is K through 12. Everybody should be doing stage one. So do you have to start at stage one? Or is that like something that you do when you're in kindergarten? You do stage one and then you move past that and never come back. I still need stage one. (laughs) Adults need help with teamwork and communication. So I recommend starting it for every program. So when I'm running my after-school STEM program, every fall semester we do stage one. First day, right off the bat, we're building some kind of team challenge. They have to work together. I kind of think of it as a reset. Every time you get a new team, a new group of people together, How are you going to work together? Everybody has different personalities, and that can be hard, especially for little kids. I know you're due kindergarten and first grade. Yeah, that's critical, because a lot of the times, they just want to be with their best friend, and so they get frustrated if they get partnered with somebody that they're not best friends with, so how are they going to work well with somebody that they don't even really want to talk to first? So we usually do what we call icebreakers, and we even do it, like, at the beginning of every class or every after-school program. 
because it kind of just sets the stage of this is how you work well together. Right. So after you've, you don't master it, but after you've done your stage one STEM, what's next? All right. Stage two. I love stage two. This is when we introduce the engineering design process. This is an approach to solving a problem. These problems don't have an answer. They can't flip to the back of the book. It's not like (laughs) two plus two equals four. There's no back of the book solution. It's very open-ended. So we're both aerospace engineers. Mm -hmm. We love rockets. So one of our favorite challenges is a straw rocket challenge. Yes. And this is something we've done, or I've done it from all of elementary school. I know you've done it from middle middle and high school. Yeah. So any age. I think adults would love to do this. Oh, yeah. We, no, we've actually done it at conferences with adults, with other educators, and they it's like their favorite activity, right? Lots of competition. So what's great about it is that you can walk through the engineering design process. You get to optimize how you build the straw rocket with how many fins you have, what the size of the nose cone is, and really talk about the basics of engineering. Right. And a shout out to Pitsco. We use their straw rocket launcher. Love it because you can control the amount of thrust and the angle of the rocket. And so I've had a lot of teachers take this and use it in their classroom. So Mm -hmm. if they're using uh, teaching angles in math, they can use the rocket launcher. And that's why it's STEM because you're not just doing one thing. You're doing the math with the angles and distance. You can measure things. You're doing engineering design, obviously, with building the rocket. There's science to it. You talk about forces. So with my little kids, even they love to talk about we talk about thrust and drag and so you're really getting a lot of science in there right so I love this challenge and we'll send um, some show notes right that'll yes. have all this information yeah and how you can do it in your classroom with worksheets and everything not worksheets like you think it's like worksheets. a design notebook that's yeah. what I like to call it so they can draw up their ideas they can do sketches they can put the forces on there they can have their uh, recording sheet to show every time they do a trial how far it goes. So we yeah. love, we don't want to call them worksheets, but it's a way for them to record their ideas and their notes. Right, because part of the engineering design process is being able to plan out what you're going to do. So after you do stage two, you're doing the integrated science and math with your engineering design challenge. You're working as a team because you're using your stage one STEM skills. Where do you go next? All right, so now we're at the final stage, stage three, and this is where we can put in some project-based learning. This is a more intensive, longer activity. Uh, Typically with my students, we will spend two to three months on a stage three challenge. Mm -hmm. A lot of teachers might be familiar with robotics competitions where you have a very open-ended challenge. So you get a board, you have to program a robot to move something, get through an obstacle course. That is a stage three challenge. It takes a lot of teamwork, those stage one skills, you're applying the engineering design process, but now it's a lot more complex. Mm. And it takes multiple skills and often there should be a real world connection. So another example of stage three that I do with my students is a Mars colony. So they design a city in space. So if you wanna live on Mars, what do you need? Food and water, Mm. you need air to breathe, but also entertainment. So it's very much a multidisciplinary project. Gotcha. So that would be really cool for teachers that are not STEM teachers to also work together to do like a Mm school-wide thing would be amazing. So I teach primarily K through second grade, and they're really not ready for a stage three. When do you start doing stage three? 
Typically, robotics competitions start around third grade, so I think that's where you can get started, but they're not quite ready to invest in a months-long project. Mm. I feel like sixth grade, middle school is the perfect age when they can start doing the research, so learning about how can I collect data to apply and solve a problem typically happens around sixth grade, and then high school you can take it to a whole different level. Um, I've also done a weather balloon launch, another great stage three project where you're collecting atmospheric data. So cool. So a lot more technical, lots of great technology. You've got the GPS tracker collecting the atmospheric data. So. We just want to emphasize that robotics is not the only type of stage three challenge. There's so many different projects out there. And this really gets kids prepared for real world. I know in college, we didn't know it, but we went through the three stages of STEM, right? And we ended our degrees with a senior design project that was a stage three STEM, where we took all the classes that we've been taking for four years, put it all together. And then in the real world, you do the same thing. You have projects, but you have to build up to that final thing that you need to accomplish with all of your skills. Exactly. And then you tie in STEM careers, Mm -hmm. what's going on in the real world. It's just amazing. But to recap, you don't start at stage three. You need to build those up and any educator can do it. So you want to run us through the three stages real quick? Sure. First, we have stage one. Hmm? These are tower challenges, team activities. We learn how to work together, often called icebreakers. Stage two, we introduce the engineering design process. These are shorter engineering challenges, typically one or two class periods. Our example was a straw rocket. So can you design a rocket to travel the farthest distance? We add the math, we add the science, we're using some technology to solve a problem with engineering design. And then stage three, longer, more complex STEM challenges. There's a research component. You're solving a much more open-ended challenge, adding in lots of different subjects, and you have some final project that you can then go and present. That really clarifies things and makes it so much easier to tackle STEM if you're new to teaching or if you've been teaching forever and just want to start your STEM journey. There's the three stages of STEM, and we will drop all the links of everything we've talked about into our show notes and link it to our website, which is vivifystem.com. Hey listeners, we want to hear from you. Do you have a quick tip on teaching STEM? Maybe how you store projects, where you get materials, or what not to do. Let us know and we can feature you and your tip on a future podcast episode. Head to vivifystem.com backslash quick tips and let us know your tips for teaching STEM.